All right, bradcooney.com. I'd like to welcome into the show actress, singer, and songwriter Florence Hardigan. Florence, thank you so much for joining us. All right, first and foremost, Phoenix Forgotten. I saw the movie um, a few days ago, and I'm a real big UFO guy. I'm, I actually had a UFO encounter. Um, well, oh, I, wow. I wasn't abducted or nothing, but I saw something really, really interesting I'll, I'll share with you, um, you know, maybe another time or off the record. But anyway, uh, so the movie, Phoenix Forgotten, um, it takes it's, – it's, it's basically – what I got out of it is it's partially based on – true events because there was a massive ufo incident um in 1997 that i remember yeah right. that's right right so, yeah, talk, so talk, yeah talk a little bit about your your character and, and how the how the movie spins off that that incident sure um so the movie is set um it's based around real events that happened which are it's just in uh in arizona in 1997 there were I think it's the most widely documented UFO sighting mm. ever. There was a V-shaped formation of lights that was seen over, hovering over Phoenix. Um, it sort of travelled a little bit and then it disappeared, and, and hundreds of people saw this. Um, actually, it might have been thousands. I'm forgetting. I'm, I'm getting hazy on the numbers, but yeah, it was a lot. The, the widest, yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the government didn't offer a very comprehensive explanation, and then they held this press conference. Uh, where the governor sort of made fun of it and made light of it. And then years later, he said that he actually had seen the lights that night and he thought it was a UFO. So it, uh, that, that, those facts are the, the jumping off point for this story, um, which imagines what would have happened if, if three kids went looking for, looking for what caused those uh, lights. Exactly. So... The movie, um, it takes real UFO incident and then kind of merges it with a plot, a really good one, too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I liked yeah. about it. That's what I liked about it. So you played Sophie, which was the younger yeah. sister of one of the missing teenagers. Um, exactly. And so, oh. so my character goes back to Arizona, having, having moved away, to um, kind of revisit her brother's story and figure out, She's a filmmaker herself, so her brother was making a film, and so she goes back to kind of make, uh, to sort of finish that film. And so, and I think one of the things that I like about the movie is that it's a film within a film within a film. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, um, it has those levels we blend real footage with um, stuff we shot, and uh, so I think that I, I like those elements of it. I like My character. Yeah. I like the Blair Witch effect. The Blair Witch, remember the Blair Witch, the first one? Where it kind of has uh -huh. the, the person holding the video camera and documenting everything that's going on, like a vlog, yeah. pretty much. Um, and the acting in this movie, just talk about, it was really good. I, I love the acting oh, in this movie. <laughs> well, as an actor, you always like to hear that. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, uh, the cool thing about this project was um, I'm playing a director, and I got to really help direct Sophie's movie. Like, I... I um, interviewed people that were so two like a bunch of the people that uh, that you'll see being interviewed in the film some were actors but some were actually real people who have just been kind of briefed on mm -hmm. a hypothetical scenario and then I asked them questions as if a real documentary filmmaker would ask them questions and they responded as they would in life so mm -hmm. for me that set a really high bar in terms of my acting because I knew like a real person 
calling from their real experience is always going to have this, you know, real electricity. And so for me, with my preparation, I wanted to make sure I was always feeling as real and natural and authentic as I could. And um, mm-hmm. I think uh, the other actors we, who, who were actors, not, not real people, um, did a beautiful job of that as well. Yeah, totally agree. I like the part where... I like the part where you meet with the captain, the military captain, and he tells you like, and, and I love the way the the movie was the the audio how it was where you can you couldn't quite make out what he was saying um, from the distance you were from the vehicle that you were in, but basically when you got back in the car, he said you, you were you were asked what did he tell you, and you, and you said that he said don't let that footage get out. That was like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, cool! Yeah, I I, um, I like that part too. I think uh, you know it's that thing of sometimes what you, what you imagine is is uh, the scariest thing. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of don't hear what he says, but what you imagine you can only be like sinister and threatening. So yeah, it's cool. And it, and it plays on the government's constantly covering stuff up like that. The, the government doesn't want things like that to get out, like in real life. Well, I think <laughs> yeah, and I think that these are kind of times where. You know, mistrust of the government is pretty high, and yeah. so I think it's interesting, um, especially with the subject matter. And I know that's something that really interests our director, Justin Baba, mm-hmm. too, is like, you know, aliens and what, you know, what do we know? What can we imagine? Like, what are, what are we being told? I think that stuff's really interesting. I do, too. Uh, that's, we, we can go, like, 20 more podcasts talking about UFOs. <laughs> Um, cool. <laughs> so what was, was there some challenging parts of playing this role? Any, anything that, that made you really have to struggle, or was it fairly easy to, to knock this out? I mean, I, this is what I love doing, so in terms of, like, a challenge, like, you know, I guess, yeah, they were challenging parts, but, like, it is my absolute joy to, like, do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with this project, both... The, the really fun part and the challenging part was that um, because there is that real person element, um, you never quite know what's going to happen, um, and there and it's sort of jumping between those important script elements that it's that it's crucial to get to move the film forward and like make sure you get the scene that was written. And T. S. Nolan, our screenwriter, wrote like a beautiful script, and then we like <laughs> chewed it up and improvised all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure is like annoying. <laughs> yeah. But like in the end, like some of TS's stuff, like a lot of beautiful moments from TS's script remains remained and, and so um so did a, a lot of uh, great improv from like everyone in the cast. Like there are just gems from like everybody. Mm-hmm. Um Clint who plays my dad, Clint Jordan, um, has just some amazing dad jokes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His character is so funny. Um, so yeah, it was uh it was really cool. I thought all three of the actors uh, that played the teenagers that were lost really, really, they were really good because, especially when it got dark out and, and they were panicking a little bit and they couldn't find their way back to the truck and then the first lights, you know, the first encounter and then, it, I'm not sure how much improv was going on there or not, but man, it really, it really just got you captivated. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I think a lot of that is improv. Um, I'm, I can't speak to exactly how much because I wasn't there for those right. shoot days. But um, they, I know those kids did a lot of preparation as to like their relationship mm-hmm. and like what the scenario would be and what those characters would say to each other. So they were really like armed with kind of an arsenal of like 
realistic things that this character would say. Mm-hmm. And I think in the end, like, I think how they approached it, I'm, I'm sure I'll be corrected if I'm wrong, but uh, how they approached it was they just had the scenario and they had points that they had to hit. And then as we shot every scene, like, T.S. has written a scene and then they, we get it as written and then we can prompt around it and um, just kind of combine those mm-hmm. those uh, approaches. Yeah, I, I think that was well done. Um, so, so how was it that you ended up in this movie? Did did you just see the script and you just grabbed your you know really you really liked the script or kind of kind of tell us how that happened? Sure. Um, well, actually, Tess and Justin and Wes, who is there, who produced it and also worked on he directed Major and Tess wrote. Um, those guys know each other from film school, and I've collaborated with them on a, a, a bunch of projects uh, through their production company Strike Anywhere for for a couple of years. So, um, I think it was T.S. who referred me to this project and um, I loved it and uh, auditioned and was lucky enough to, to get the part. So, mm. yeah. And how do you how do you shake the New, New Zealand accent when you're when you're playing an American person? Is it, is it, <laughs> is it tricky at all? Well, I guess, yeah, I mean it is. I think, um, I, I produced so few projects these days where I get to use a Kiwi accent. I'm kind of like, yeah. I would love to do something. But I think in, in terms of that, like, it's sort of a, um, it, it can be a handicap or it can be like something that slots you into the character even more easily because it's one more thing that's like removed from yourself as a person. Mm. There's one more layer of character you add that's like, oh yeah, I'm someone else. This is how this person I didn't hear I didn't, I didn't hear this accent at all in the movie, so you did good there, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, thanks, yeah. It was cool. That was, a, that was a fun part of it, yeah. So when I was researching who put this movie together, I was checking out the producers, and you talk about insanely impressive resumes, like Ridley Scott and West Ball. You talk like The Martian with Mark Hatton, Maze Runner, uh, yeah, Alien. Martian. The Martian was one of my favorite movies probably in the last maybe five years from a, from a space. I know, it was so I didn't read the book, but everybody told me that the book was insane. Yeah, it's so good. I think I like books that um, <laughs> I read and I'm like, oh, I feel smart. I understand the science <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> but they really like explain it very much for dummies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed the book. There's like a humor to it that's like, I think they captured very well in the film too. But I always think that if I read a book that I really enjoyed in the movies, like the special features of the book, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Matt Damon was was just unbelievable in that movie. He was great. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, good stuff. He was, he was really well cast in that. Yep. Yeah. Did, did you see the Passengers? Have you saw that movie, Passengers? Yes, I did see that. That's my other one that was like really so much better than I thought it was going to be. I and mean, I figured it would be, be good, but I didn't think it would be that good. It was really good. Yeah, I enjoy it, but I couldn't get away from like the creepiness of that situation. Well, that's what made it great. What do you mean? Where you woke her up? I feel like they maybe should have started the story. I was talking to someone else about this. I was like, I would have liked to see the story that happened, like, when, from her point of view, where she wakes up and then she's like, 
this guy woke me up. Like, what do I do? Like, I want that story. Yeah, but she did so good when 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 the when the android bartender like filled her in like like when she discovered that he did wake her up, she was so yeah. freaking pissed off. And I thought yeah. she, I thought she really That's nailed that part. Actress to watch, yeah. Yeah. She did a great job. All right, so um, let's move on to some of your other projects you got going on. Um, sure. I, I read I read about an anim, animated feature that's coming up, um, Malevolent. Yeah, I have. Yeah, Malevolent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a, a, a movie coming out in summer. It's an animated horror movie. It's one of the first American animated horror movies, um, and it has uh, William, William Shatner and Marina. Yeah, Marina Beckerin in it from mm-hmm. uh, Firefly. Yep. And Ray Wise and. Um, uh, this woman, Danny Lennon, who's amazing. She was in The Love Witch, which just came out. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great cast, and it's, uh, yeah, that was really fun to do. It was fun for me to do that uh, part because I get to play, like, a valley girl. And oh, cool. <laughs> I don't usually, <laughs> yeah, I don't usually get cast as those, uh, that type of girl just because, like, I'm not, like, I don't look like a valley you're girl. So, you're so <laughs> not a valley girl, I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So did you see much of William Shatner, or did you guys, did you guys just record the audios at different times? No, yeah, that's the, that's the, the uh, curse of uh, voiceover. Yeah. It's like, you do all your, th- it's, it's amazing, like, I made a feature in like one day. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But super cool to have on your resume that, that you did a project with William Shatner, who's, a, who's an, a legend, especially in the Star Trek world, he's an iconic legend. Absolutely. So, also, I checked out one of your songs. I mean, you are really freaking good, man. I mean, you got a great voice. Oh, plus, you oh, play. Nice. Plus, you play guitar also, which is great. I like to play guitar also. Um, oh yeah, what, what kind of X do you rock? I have a Fender. I have, I have a Fender. I've had the same Fender oh. acoustic guitar. I've had it for about twenty-five years now. I just don't want to part oh. with it. Oh, really? I see. There's just something about you. You just develop a kinship with it. Yeah. I've had to have, you know, I've had to have work on it over the years, like some frets came loose and I had to get some fret work done and um, just little things, but man, I just, I just, I mean, I've had other guitars, but I just never parted with that one. Yeah. So. That's cool. Talk about your music career a little bit. Talk about, just touch on that. Oh, sure.
Nice. Now, will this and be your yeah. first, will this be your first like single release type thing, or have you done other other releases? I was in a band for a number of years um, called The Amber, mm-hmm. and we have some stuff on Spotify that um, I, I had a hand in writing, and it's a beautiful band. They're still actually making music, but um, I uh, so you can check check us out and check them out on Spotify, and uh, I think some of the tracks I'm involved with are still up there. And, um, I'm really proud of that too. So, and it's kind of like three part, like folky music, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's kind of a fun project. That's awesome. Um, yeah. we, we have a few things in common. We're both born in upstate New York. Oh, cool! Where were you born? I was born in Cold Spring, New York. It's um, okay. the Hudson Valley. Um, I think you were Cornwall. Were you up north or further north? Right? Where were you born? Ithaca. Ithaca. Okay. Ithaca. Yep. Yeah, but I gotta say, like, I actually haven't been back there since I was 18 months old. My parents were up there, um, and just for a little while, my mm-hmm. dad was, I believe, uh, he's doing his master's at, uh, Ithaca College. Ah, okay. And, uh, my mom was studying there too, and, uh, they had me there, and then we moved back. They're both from Ireland, so we moved back to Ireland, and then, uh, we immigrated to New Zealand when I was three, so <laughs> I don't want a passport. Yeah, I'm about to say, you're born in New York, <laughs> scooted over to Ireland, and then ended up in New Zealand, and back, now you're in L.A. Yeah, well, the advantage of like being incredibly nomadic is that I have a lot of places to stay internationally. There you go, exactly. <laughs> Save on hotels. Exactly. <laughs> so what about future projects? Do you have anything coming up that you can talk about that we haven't touched on? coming out in the summer and then um, uh, nothing else so far. I have a couple projects I'm developing uh, in terms of writing, but uh, those aren't ready to talk about yet. Well, I think this the movie uh, Phoenix Forgotten is going to spin off some other opportunities for you. I really do. I think, I think, oh, thank you. I think we need to see more of you on the big screen in theaters across the country. I really did, and I really enjoyed this interview. I'm so glad you joined us. Um, before I let you go, though, I want to give you an opportunity to tell the listeners where they can follow you, social sites, if you have a website you want to talk about, anything like that. Oh, sure, yeah. I, um, I guess I'm most active on Instagram. It's um, FL0BIE, Floby. You can search my name and it comes up. Or okay. um, on Facebook, uh, Florence Hartigan. You can find me on there. I have a page on Facebook, too. Well, thanks so much for doing this. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, and we'd like to get you back on in the future for a follow-up when you got some new stuff to talk about. 